our selections to you today. This is a song that was on my heart last night, so singing it to you. From the mountaintop, 
want the world to know that the Lord of love, he's come to me and I want to pass it on, on and on and on. I'll shout it from the mountaintop because I want the world to know that he saved my soul and he made me whole and I want to pass it on. I'll, I'll shout it, shout it from the mountain top. Because I want the world to know that he picked me up. Turn me around, and I want to pass it on. I'll shout it, I'll tell everyone I know because I want everybody, everybody to know. When I was down and out, he saved me and I have no doubt. And I want to pass, pass it on. God of love, he has come to us. Do you want to pass it on? I want to praise God for praise. I want to praise God for the gifts that he has given this church. Amen. We thank you, men. I don't know if you have a name for yourselves, but you have to name yourselves soon, right? But we want to praise God for the melody we want to praise God for just being real to us we ought not to come here receive it and not do anything about it God wants us to pass it on today I want to declare to you that there is um, we got to pass on what we've got God has given us gifts, and we need to mentor one another. Amen? Every church member, if you're an elder, if you're a deacon, if you're a deaconess, if you're an usher, greeter, whatever position you hold, it is your duty to duplicate yourself. God has called us to make disciples. And so today I'm very proud to, to say that this young man that you see here, uh, it is my prayer that he will 
one day be as I am. Even be one day be greater than I am in Christ. Amen? And so we have uh, a young man. He is a star that the Lord has made so of Abundant Life Academy. Angel Batista. The Lord has blessed him and I believe uh, he is gifted and the Lord is going to do amazing things in his life. Thank you, Mother, for Angel. Angel has a message for us as we pull together here. He is going to be delivering a word for us. I want you to hear him. It is a power-packed message. Stay tuned. We welcome Angel Batista. mothers. The young, the young mother set her foot on the path of life. Is the way long, she asked, and her guide said, yes, and the way is hard, and you will be old before you reach the end of it, but the end will be better than the beginning. But the young mother was happy, and she would not believe that anything could be better than these years, so she played with her children and gathered flowers for them along the way, and bathed with them in the clear streams, and the sun shone on them, and life was good. And the young woman cried, Noth nothing will, be, ev will ever be lovelier than this. The night came, and storm, and the path was dark, and the children shook with fear and cold, and the mother drew them close and covered them with her mantle. And the children said, Oh, mother, we are not afraid, for you are near, and no harm can come. And the mother said, This is better than the brightness of the day, for I have taught my children courage. And the morning came, and there was a hill ahead, and the children climbed and grew weary. But at all times, she said to her children, A little patience, and we're there. So the children climbed. And when they reached the top, they said, we could not have done it without you, mother. And the mother, when she laid down that night, looked up in the stars and said, this is a better day than the last, for my children have learned fortitude in the face of the hardness, of hardness. Yesterday I gave them courage, today I have given them strength. And the next day came, strange cloud which darkened the earth, clouds of war and hate and evil. And the children groped and stumbled. And the mother said, look up, lift your eyes to the light. And the children looked and saw above the clouds and everlasting glory. And it guided them and brought them beyond the darkness. And that night the mother said, this is the best day of all, for I have shown my children God. And the days went on, and the weeks and months and years and the mother grew old, and she was little and bent. But her children were strong and tall and walked with courage. And when the way was hard, they helped their mother. And when the way was rough, and they lifted her, for she was light as a feather. And at, at, and at last, they came to a hill. Golden gates flung open, 
flung wide, and the mother said, I have reached the end of my journey, and now I know that the end is better than the beginning, for my children can walk alone, and their children after them. And the children said, you will always walk with us, mother, even when you have gone through the gates. And then they stood and watched her, watched her as she went on alone, and the gates closed after her, and they said, we cannot see her, but she is still, she is with us still. A mother like ours is more than a memory. She is a living presence. I know for many of you, Mother's Day is difficult. For some, it's because children were possible. For others, mom is no longer physically present for you to honor. For others, mom wasn't the perfect picture of Christ's love in your home. But on your, our journey in this life, there are very few more important signs than children at play. And very few individuals that shape our journey more, helping us choose the right path than mom. Very good. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Back now at 810 was an incredible story about a mother who revived her newborn son after being told that he would not make it. Well, the family is here this morning for an exclusive interview. But first, today, national correspondent Amy Robach has their remarkable story. Amy, good morning. And good morning to you. Doctors told Kate and David Ogg of Sydney, Australia, their baby boy was dead. But what happened was next was nothing short of a medical miracle. The birth of a baby, one of life's happiest moments. But for Kate and David Ogg, their elation came to a screeching halt after one of their twins, baby Jamie, born premature at 27 weeks, was pronounced clinically dead. Doctors told her, They said Jamie didn't make it, we've lost him. The nurse handed the baby's limp body to his parents to say goodbye. But instead, the mother talked to her newborn when she could have been mourning him. This footage taken by her midwife. Jamie lay on his mother skin to skin for two hours. She cuddled him and stroked him and said, your twin sister Emily is fine. He started gasping more and more regularly and like, oh my God, what's going on? She says the doctors told her not to get her hopes up. It's just a reflex. He can't be alive. Then um, a short time later, he opened his eyes. Kate put breast milk on her finger, held it at Jamie's lips, and he started sucking. Her doctors were in shock. He just kept shaking his head and moving it around. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. A medical miracle. Baby Jamie came back to life before their eyes. Luckily, I've got a very smart, very strong wife who um, instinctively did what she did. If she hadn't have done that, I believe that Jamie probably wouldn't be here. It's inspiring for, for a lot of people. Magic in a mother's touch. Even doctors say there's something to it. Isn't it interesting that the body, the mother's warmth, the, the effort that she had up to that period of time was passing through to the child? That's pretty amazing. Jamie and his twin sister Emily are now five months old and happily living at their home in Sydney, Australia. We were lucky. Yeah. We feel so fortunate. So lucky. We're like the luckiest people in the world. 
mother's touch, specifically holding a premature baby to her skin, is referred to in Australia as kangaroo care. It has helped premature babies feed and keep themselves warm, but this takes it to a whole new level. One blogger said it best, it just goes to show you how a mother's love trumps all the known measurable science. And All right, thanks a lot, Amy. And we're lucky to have Kate and David Ogg here with us this morning, along with their twins, Emily, and their miracle baby, Jamie. Good morning to all of you. Good morning. Good morning. Kate, I've got to ask you, at that moment, after giving birth, after being told this devastating news, what made you react as you did? I'd carried him inside me for only six months, not long enough. But um, I wanted to meet him, you know, and, and to hold him and, and for him to know us as well. If he was on his way out of the world, we wanted to, for him to know who his parents were and to know that we loved him before he died. So you were loving him? Yeah, yeah. And talking to him? Yep. And telling him his name and his sister and, and how she was doing and all the things we wanted to do with yeah. him as he grew up. Trying to entice him to stay with us. <laughs> I didn't want to let him go. He did. He and you did. did. Yeah. Had yeah. you known about kangaroo care, this idea before? Yeah, yeah. I'd read about it um, a few years back, about a woman having a premature baby and, and your body kind of acting as an incubator to keep them warm. And, you know, they come out of you and all of a sudden there isn't the warmth or the smell of their mother or the sound of their heartbeat. And so putting him back on my chest was as close as he could have been to being inside me where he was last safe, you know. Over the course of those two hours, you were hoping that he would come back to life? Or had you no, we, we, we'd resigned ourselves to the fact that we were yeah. going to lose him and we were just trying to make the most of those last precious moments. We'd, at, I guess we thought it might have only been an extra one or two minutes we had with him at the time. And it ended up extending to over two hours, which we were very fortunate. And then um, it's... Yeah, it's still going on, so we, we yeah. Yeah, felt extremely lucky. You even, yeah. it looks like, took off your shirt, David. I did. Kate turned to me and said, rip your shirt off, let's, <laughs> let's surround him with love and body heat. And, yeah. and that's what we did. We, we just wanted to um, give him as much warmth yeah. as we could. And feel us and smell us. You talked about in the tape hearing him start to gasp. The doctor said, this is just a reaction. Yeah. This is not anything more than his body just sort of reacting. Yeah. When he opened his eyes, what was the emotion? What was the thought? That you I think had? I think half of us was saying, "What if he actually makes it? If he does, this would just be a miracle." The other half is saying, "No, he's been declared dead. This is, you know, it's purely reflex." Um, you and know. so then we thought, "What a blessing! We get to see his eyes before he passes away." Yeah. And then they stayed open. <laughs> yeah, and he was lifting his head and yeah. he was grabbing my finger. Yeah. It was, it was amazing, yeah. And the doc, you have tears now just even thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. Because it was something that you never, at that moment, after two hours, yeah. thought would happen. Yeah. And the, you must have had to call the doctor in at that point? Yeah, well, he started making his first movements just five minutes after he'd been handed to us. But the movements were just getting stronger and stronger. And after two hours, we thought, he's getting stronger, he's not dead. Eventually, we fibbed to the doctor and said, because he wouldn't come back. We kept saying, you know, he's doing things dead babies don't do. You might want to come and see this. And mm, refused reflex. to believe that he was actually still alive. So David said, go and tell him we've come to terms with the baby's death. Can he just come and explain it? Mm. And that, that made him come back. Well, they look 
beautiful, both of them, Emily and Jamie. Thank you so much, both of you, for sharing your story. I'm sure you've inspired a lot of people this morning. We're back right after this. It's amazing what a mother's touch can do. The embrace of this mother made a difference in the child, in her child's life. For two hours, for two hours, this baby lay dead. But finally, the baby came back to life. It's amazing when we think of what God can do and the power that um, is, is there that some of us we're not uh, tapping into. And when we think of this, when we think of the, the love of a mother, we celebrate Mother's Day, and sometimes we take it for granted the pain that a mother had to go through, the sacrifice that a mother had to go through. In a sense, your mother or our mothers risk their lives for you to come into this world. You know, when Sister McGee came in and she, I saw her daughter first coming in, and I, then I saw these two tall gentlemen come sitting there. And then I, I saw the reaction, the, the brothers with the sister, right? And then uh, Sister McGee just had this proud smile on her face just to introduce her children to the church. It is the same way that a mother is so proud when she's able to introduce her baby to the world. This is my baby. Sometimes we take what we have for granted, and it is when it is gone. It is when it is gone, and that memory lingers, and we think of our grandmothers, and we think of our mothers, and we think of the good times, and we think of the times that we have wasted. We think of those times that we could, if we could, we want to go back to, you know, to, to tap into the moment, to pay more attention. If we could go back, I could imagine what it will be like just to go back and to sit down at that table with your mother or your grandmother or your great-grandmother and hear her boring stories. Her stories would not be so boring anymore because when you think of it, when you think of it, you know, these stories are the stories that made you and me I remember when my grand-aunt, um, she was telling me these stories, and I had to do this family history uh, thing, this genealogy for school. It was so intriguing because these stories, uh, she was telling me and trying to remember this family that came from Africa, that uh, they came on this, this slave ship back there in the 1800s, and she received this story from her uh, parents and their, her parents received it and, and she was trying to tell me these stories and, and it was so intriguing because these stories had to do with my beginning. We celebrate Mother's Day because there is a legacy that is passed on. A legacy that we must take and carry forth in the next generation. The stronger the family, I would say, are the stronger the legacies that is passed on. Whether good or bad, 
if you look at a family that is strong and deep generationally, they may have gone through their tough times, their good times, but what they carry forth, they're able to look back and say, well, look, this is where my great, great, great grandmother came. I like to listen to the stories of the old. And I like to listen to the story of Sister Richie talking about the cotton fields in Mississippi, is it? Right? And telling me about your, how it was back then. These are the heritage that we stand on. This is the heritage that we stand on. And I want to encourage us not to take this time for granted. Mothers have made great sacrifices for us. Fathers have done the same too. But when we think of all that mothers have gone through, I think of a story in the Bible. And it's a very strange story, and you're going to say, Pastor, where are you going? I know I'm crazy, but sometimes I try to look at things in a different way. And that story is found in 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 16 to 28. And I won't be long. But as we read this story, we see uh, a very inconvenient um, happening, or uh, part of history, Israel's history. But it was, we generally read this story to highlight the wisdom of a man, of a king. And we often lose the sub-meaning in the story. And it's a story of two prostitutes that came to the king, Solomon, and stood before him. One of them said, my lord, this woman hath lived with me, hath, have lived with me in the same house. And I had a baby while she was there with me. The third day after my child was born, this woman also had a baby. We were alone, and there was no one in the house but just the two of us. During the night, this woman's son died because she rolled over and crushed him. So she got up in the middle of the night and took my son and laid it on her breast while I was asleep, and then she took her dead child and laid it on my breast. The next morning, I got up to nurse my son, and I found that he was dead. But when I looked at him closely in the morning light, I saw that it wasn't my son. I noticed that it was the son of the other woman. The other woman spoke up automatically and says, no, the living one is my son and the dead one is yours. But the first one insisted, no, the dead son is yours and the living is mine. And so they argued before the king 
back and forth. And we're familiar with what we hear now, what the king said, this one, this one says, my son is uh, alive is, is, is my son and the dead one is yours. And you go back and forth and this is what King Solomon repeated. While the other one says, no, the dead one is mine and the alive, the alive one is yours. Then the king said, bring me a sword. And so they brought the king a sword and he gave order to cut the living child in two and gave half, to give half to the other and half to the half to one and half to the other. The woman whose son was alive was filled with compassion for her son. And she said to the king, please, my lord, give her the living baby. Don't kill him. But the other says, neither nor neither I nor you shall have him. Cut him in two. Then the king gave a ruling. Give the living baby to the first woman. Do not kill him. She is the mother. The scripture says when Israel heard the verdict that the king had given, that the king... Uh, that, uh, that they held the king in awe because they saw that the wisdom of God was in him. Now we think of the story and we say, well, this is Solomon's wisdom. He was a wise man and he was. But there was a message in this story. First of all, there is a problem because we had two prostitutes coming in the house Two prostitutes presenting their, babe, their, their cause, and they had a child. Obviously, these children, they don't know where their father was or, you know, all of that dilemma. But out of this whole mess, the king was able to zoom in and identify the real mother. If I want to ask a question, and I know that you would not respond. If I should say, will real mothers stand up? You see, real mothers are mothers that did a good job. Real mothers are mothers that you could look at the child, and based on the behavior of the child, you could say, well, that was a good mother. Mothers are very important in the development of their child. I want you to understand that as a people, if you don't know it yet, we should never stand between a mother and her child. And I'm speaking to us as husbands too. I realized that very, very soon that after our first child was born, I realized that all the affection and everything that I was receiving was divided. <laughs> and I had a problem in my home. And I had to deal with this problem. And I struggled with this problem because I'm seeing this boy that I love so much. 
but there was a problem. <laughs> As this child grew, I knew that he had his crib and he had his bed, but somehow this child, he had a homing device to find his way into my bed. And this child would not get on the edge of the bed. He had to get in the middle of the bed. And I tried and I tried and I tried until I give up and I realized do not get between a mother and her child. Even worse, when the daughter came, that was even worse because there is no way. I mean, I thought the sun was bad enough, but she was like glue. She was stuck to our bed, to the middle of the bed. In fact, our bed had an indentation in it. <laughs> Do not get between a mother and her child. I always say in marital counseling, you know, I always warn, you know, please do not have your children too early. It's good for the husband and wife to enjoy time with each other. Because when the children come, yes, they demand the mother's affection. And I learned that very well. I was so happy when my son grew up and he hated our bed. I had freedom <laughs> until number two showed up. <laughs> a loving mother will do anything for her child to survive. If you see, go on any nature's, nature show and just say a mother fights for her child, they'll show you um, a, a hawk that's fighting for the children. They'll show you a lion that is fighting for a child. They will show you all of these things when it comes to a mother on her child. There is something, there is a natural instinct. There is a story I watched a, a few years ago about this mother. There was this truck that was coming and she saw her child in the way. And this mother jumped in the way of the truck and she was able to stop the truck and this truck was you know how many town tons and she was able to stop the truck and save her child there was another story that I read of a mother lifting uh, the car the front end of a car to rescue her child whenever it comes to saving a child, a mother would do anything. And so the great Solomon knew this. And he demanded that this child be cut in half because he knew that the love that the mother has for her child, that mother would speak out. And the mother would rather see her child living safely in another woman's arm than dead, never stand between a mother and her child. Another lesson I learned from this was there is a sacrifice that we make for our children, good and bad. Good sacrifices are bad. 
In fact, let me say that some of us, we are sacrificing our children in a bad way, and we don't know it. I remember the story of this mother in um, New York. This mother, she uh, just allowed her child to do anything he wanted. If he wanted to run with the boys and come in any time he wanted, okay, no problem. If he wanted to drink beer, no problem. If he wanted to smoke weed, no problem. If he wanted to go out and steal with the boys, no problem. Until this guy was in deep problem. He was locked up in jail. He had committed a couple of crimes, including murdering someone. And he was sentenced for a very long time. I think he received death sentence. And he had one request. And the request that he had was to see his mother. And so this young man came and uh, was waiting uh, for his mother, he was all locked up and everything. And he said, his mother came into the room and he says, Mother, uh, can you come a little closer? I need to tell you something. And, and she said, what is it, son? And she came closer and he said, I want you to come a little closer. And she came within range. And when she was within range, he was whispering in her ear. He says, Mom, you never taught me the way to live. You never showed me an example. And while he was in this discourse, he reached out and he bit her ear off. This mother sacrificed him to all this stuff. You see, a mother, a good mother is a mother that is able to help her child to develop through the different stages of life. A good mother is a, is a mother that mentors her child and helps her child not only to talk, but to walk and to survive on its own. A, a good mother is a, is a mother that helps her child to learn the ways of the Lord, accompanied by the Father. A good mother is, is one that is able to chart the, the development of her child, that when the child gets old... He's able, or she is able, to survive on their own. One of the things that I see around these days, and it has become a norm, where we have these able-bodied gray back, and I say gray back because it's literally gray, back individuals living at home, 40-something living with mom still, <laughs> not on your own, not, is, not able to survive on your own. As parents, we have to do our due diligence to make sure that our children can survive on their own. I know there are exceptions. There are always exceptions. But sometimes we spoil our children and we sacrifice them. And if you read just a reference text, Ezekiel chapter 16, we sacrifice our children just like that. We lead them into all of the, the things of the world that they do not have a, a view of God or who God is. It's very important for us as mothers and parents to grow our children in 
the right way. The last thing I want to leave with you is the responsibility that a mother has. The Bible tells us in the book of James chapter 1 verse 8 that a double-minded man slash woman is unstable in all its ways. And how do we get a double-minded person? A double-minded person is someone that do not know, you know, they're indecisive, do not, they do not know how to live. They're like, okay, well, they're here today, gone tomorrow. They, they are, they're, they're so eclectic in all that they do that they're confused in life. Degree, I'm pursuing my law degree, but the next thing they're pursuing their social work degree. They're double-minded, unstable. And so a double-minded man is, is someone or woman that is unstable and he comes right back to us. But I want to thank God. I see some mothers do such a great job when you see that child stand up and able to recite the scripture or that child is able to articulate well. You know, the other day, and I know I'm calling out people, but I was talking to Sister Rawls. And I said, Sister Rawls, you know something? I admire, I admire the way you, you grow your daughter up. I see your daughter, she's involved, she, she's up at the piano playing. She's into uh, her tennis, and I don't think I could beat her in tennis, right? I, I see that she's, you know, she's, she's involved in so much showing the intellect that God has given her. She is developing in many different ways. And I'm pretty sure there are many others, but I was Zooming and I was talking to Sir Rawls, and I said, you know, this is what it is all about. Amen. We should grow our children up in such a way that, you know, someone could say, listen, I want my daughter to be just like that. It's very important for us as God's people to recognize that as we grow our children up and as we set our families, our families should be examples to the world. Amen, Sister Erica? Grow our daughters up in the way that they can grow to just be the women that God has so designed them to be. It is an honor to see our families intact in the community making a difference. Many of us think that church is just about coming to church and we're having church and Sabbath and, and all of that, or if occasionally you come on Wednesday night. But church is about you, parents, mothers. Church is about what you have done. Mothers, church is about the environment that you have established in the home. If you are a bitter mother, negative mother in the home, if you are a tyrant at home, the children will reflect it. If you are a gossiper and a whoremonger, <laughs> excuse my words, right? 
the children will reflect it. But if there's a pleasant home environment created where there is love, there is joy, there is peace, it will be reflected on the outside. I could always tell a good home by looking at the child, by hearing the child. I could always tell homes that talk about people because the children will do the same. But I want to honor the mothers of abundant life. I know we have good homes here. Amen? The saying is, says that we should preach the gospel at all times and if necessary, use words. In everything that we do, we are preaching. And I want to thank God that he has put and established good homes within this church to make this church to be the church that it is right now. Amen? Amen. The Bible tells us as I conclude in Isaiah chapter 55 verse 6 to 9, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call ye up on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy up on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Mother, if you have not been the best that you could be, it's never too late. Amen? It's never too late. The Lord says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither my ways your ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. I want to encourage you in the way of the Lord. Allow God to be your guide that we will have wholesome families and we will have strong communities. Mothers, I'm asking you to stand. The Lord has so blessed you mothers and charged you to be women of honor. Women of integrity. Women that will stand up for the right even though it is unpopular. Women who under great temptation will do what is right. Encouraging your children. Encouraging your husbands and those within reach to live righteous lives. Mothers, we will not be here if it were not for you. We appreciate you. We appreciate your sacrifice. We, we appreciate everything that you do behind the scenes. Even though at times 
we will burp on you as children and you will be disgusted by things that you have to do but we thank you for your sacrifice it is my prayer that mothers that you will continue on this journey and perhaps mothers if you feel that you have not done your best we want to praise God that we have an opportunity to make it right in Jesus Christ.